Hello and welcome everyone to the Guiding Gods Girls podcast. I'm Shiloh and if you're new here, welcome. I'd also like to welcome my mother dear, Catherine, to this podcast. Um, So we are so happy, or should I say I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you, Shiloh, for inviting me. I'm excited to be on your podcast. What a privilege to be here and to have a chat with you today. I know, we chat every day, but... (laughs) Now everybody gets to hear our chats. Exactly, exactly. So, um, my first thing is just tell us a bit about yourself, a bit about you, um, for all those who don't know you. Well, I'm sure as people listen, they can hear that I have an accent. And so, I am originally from Africa, from South Africa, and been in Canada for about 23 years and uh, and I love the Lord and I've been a Christian for uh, 25 years and that is and then we obviously we have you and my daughter so we have a family and and uh, I'm excited to hear what questions you have for me well I'm so excited to have you on this podcast I should have done it earlier but um I was just praying about this year and felt like I should interview you about um different relationship advice that you would you would give I know you and dad have been married how many years now 25 25 yes so it's been a long time and I know that you have lots of God-given wisdom um on this specific topic so my first question to you is what is the best piece of advice or relationship advice you have ever heard or gotten or just know yourself that's a great question I would say the best piece of advice that I was given or we were given by anyone is you know how you often hear the saying oh relationships are 50 50 well I think that is not true and the best advice I got is that relationships are 100 100 because you can't split your time between oh I give 50 and you give 50 that means you're only each giving half so I would say it's 100 100 but added to that was to please God first as opposed to please your pleasing your spouse or boyfriend or girlfriend but obviously with a look to getting married so the first thing is you give a hundred in your relationship all the Mm -hmm. time and the second thing is you don't try and please your spouse you please God and when you have a great relationship with the Lord you will automatically please uh, please your spouse or, or your significant other So that's probably the best advice that I've received. And it really works. Wow, that's that's amazing. Actually, I probably would add a third one. Be quick quick to forgive. Extend on that a little more. So, uh, you know, obviously all of us are not perfect. Mm -hmm. All of us make mistakes. Things about our significant other is always going to bother us at some point or the other. And, (laughs) And so be quick to forgive. Don't allow things to linger. Just realize that we are all uh, sinful, and we all make we all sin. We all make mistakes, and there's no ways you're going to move forward if you're holding on to grudges. So be quick to forgive. So those would be my top three. You didn't ask for three; you asked for one. What's the best? But I guess those three are right up there. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, those definitely all um, really resonate with me, especially just having to forgive so quickly when um, 
let's say my boyfriend would say something, I'd have to be quick to forgive because in the Bible, it really speaks about how we, if we can't forgive others, God can't forgive us. And so that just reminds me of that, just um, realizing that if we don't forgive our spouse or whoever else, how can God ever forgive us? Right. right. It's not even an option, right? It's exactly. not even an option to hold on to unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Um, and also, if the more you hold on to it, the bigger deal it becomes, and then it becomes a big issue, and that's not helpful. No, definitely not. Yeah. So moving forward, um, what are certain qualities that a girl who is not dating or a girl who is dating should look for in a relationship? Um, just things that you should look for. Um, a lot of people like to use the word red flags in a relationship or in the guy. Um, but just what are some things that you see from a biblical standpoint um, or just you yourself see of what um, a man should be or look like or qualities he should have? Mm-hmm. That's also another good question because, again, not everybody's perfect, okay? But I do think that there are some key areas that one can tell about how future responses. So one of the first things which stands out far and above and beyond is his relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Now, all of us are in a, a growing relationship with the Lord. I'm not the person I was 20 years ago, and I'm certainly not the same person I was even a year or two ago. But... You need to know that the person, the, the man you are intending to marry or wanting to date is somebody who loves Jesus with all their heart. Because in moments of conflict, which there will be, you want to know that you are turning to the Lord for prayer and he is too. And so the Bible is very clear, do not be unequally yoked. So do not think that you can find a person of another religion, Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, any other kind of faith, and think you're going to convert them, the relationship does not work very well. It can work, and yes, you might see it, but the fact is, number one thing to look for is does the person love Jesus away and beyond above any other criteria. Mm-hmm. The second thing that I think is important, especially for a girl to look for in a man, is what are his relation? what 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 are his relationships with his parents like or what is his relationship with his mom like specifically because the way that a man will treat his mother is the way often that he will treat you because he's being nurtured by that lady who has been the most important female relationship in his life and as he moves forward how does he treating how's he going to treat you um if he is disrespectful dishonoring rude Mm -hmm. uh, doesn't have kindness towards his mom isn't tender that is I think that is a big red flag now I understand that some relationships don't work well don't work well you know you could have parents who you know through whatever happened in their life may not be the best parents but how does that boy even in those circumstances how does that young man respond to his parents even in their imperfection and I think that is a great sign Uh, The third thing I would look for is how does that individual relate to your family Mm -hmm. as a whole and how does he relate to his family? 
Now, again, I get it that some families are dysfunctional. Every family's got things wrong with them. But mm-hmm. how does he engage in group settings? How does he, how does he interact with others uh, in your family? Specifically families, because families are joined together in a significant way when two get married. And the, and the fourth area, because I could go on a lot about these things, but the other thing is, how does he deal with conflict? Conflict is going to come up and you have to say when we disagree when i bring up something when we have an issue how do we how do we deal with conflict so i would look at those four areas relationship with the lord relationship with parents relationship with your family and his family and dealing with conflict yeah those are all definitely very very valuable points to look at um, when considering someone to be a future spouse, not just dating for fun, but actually looking for a future with someone. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I thought about was, especially when you're dating, um, to be able to look at the man as the father to your kids. Would you want mm-hmm. them to resemblance um, the way that he acts, the way that he uh, treats you? Would you be okay with your children treating other people um, like that so I thought that was um, something I heard the other day oh yeah even interacting with children what kind of father would he be yeah mm-hmm. which you do get from looking at his relationship with his parents and his family mm-hmm. and especially like just um, going out and being with other people not just spending time just the two of you when you really step outside yourself and you go and you see how others act or how he acts around others that can be a um it could either be a, I guess you could say green flag or red flag, mm-hmm. depending on how he acts. But And don't undermine the ability of the transforming power of the Lord in our lives. But yeah, yeah you know, you want to be on the right track from the beginning. Exactly. So um, how do you have a God-centered relationship? Or obviously you've been married for 25 years. So how do you maintain that God-centered relationship? Do you, um, or marriage, do you pray every day with each other? Do you read the Bible constantly with each other? Um, Do you guys spend time apart from each other, like praying and seeking God on things? Or or do you always seek God um, together when looking at big things? big areas like could be moving or something like that mm-hmm. well before i look at how we interact on a daily basis i, I mean because basically all the things you said we do but firstly i think it's really important as individuals to know who you are in the lord so i understood i, I suffered with this for a, a long time is i didn't really recognize my value in the lord i spent more time focusing on the value I was as a wife and as a mother rather than understanding what does scripture say about me as an individual I know that I'm a daughter of the king I know that he loves me I know that he's chosen me I know that he's got great plans I know I'm fearfully and wonderfully made and because of all of that I know that I have value and so my worth is not determined by my interaction with my spouse or my interaction with my children or my interaction with other people. I know who I am in him and therefore I, 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 am, I, I have a comfort level. I have a confidence. That doesn't mean I'm arrogant. It just means that I have peace, that whatever happens in my day-to-day life doesn't change the relationship I have with, with my father. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, both of us love the Lord, which is huge benefit and is crucial in in a good relationship 
Yeah, like you said, being equally yoked. Yeah, right. And so obviously we both grow differently because the Lord relates to me differently from how the Lord relates to your dad. But we both spend uh, quality one-on-one time with the Lord, uh, praying, uh, pray every morning, read the Bible every day. Uh, I spend time praying in the Spirit almost every day. And What do you mean praying in the Spirit? Like, like I, you know, praying tongues. Mm-hmm. I pray in tongues. And, you know, it sounds funny, but one of the places I hear the Lord the most, I don't know, it's weird, is in the shower. I think because this, but the noise backs, that drowns out any background noise. And <laughs> yeah. I can just hear him clearly. But mm-hmm. I also pray, we pray as a family every night before we all go to bed. And often um, your dad and I will pray together before bedtime. When it comes to scriptural discussions i always have a scriptural discussion with with him and we'll say say i was reading this what do you think he'll say oh you know this is what the lord's been showing me um there were a few other things you said what else we do oh when it comes to conflict you know sometimes we'll try and resolve it but maybe we'll just go and both pray and say okay lord show us what do we need to what do we need to do uh we fast once a week each of us fasts for at least 24 hours once a week. And what, what does that do? Well, fasting. Fasting, I believe, opens up our ears to hear Holy Spirit more clearly to direct us. We also do longer fasts throughout the year at different times. But it, it's specifically to say, okay, Lord, teach me, show me, allow me to hear your voice more clearly. So I'm not focused on my fleshly needs. Because if you're walking in the Spirit, Romans 8.1 you do not fulfill the lusts of the flesh and you don't it's clearer to walk hearing his voice than not to mm, yes <laughs> and the prayers of a husband and wife are so powerful scripture says make sure when you come together you don't have any unforgiveness because basically the prayer you can imagine the prayer of a husband and wife they've been intimate they one spirit soul and body how much more powerful the prayers when they stand in agreement right yeah i never thought about it like that 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 is definitely very powerful um when it comes to the most powerful unit of prayers husband and wife more powerful Mm. than than individuals so standing in agreement and i think another key part is watching our words we don't always master that properly but very try to be cautious about what we're confessing over one another Uh, the, the bible says that there's life and death in the power of the tongue and speaking words of life over your spouse and making sure they're speaking words of life over you and catching each other and correcting each other. We do that all the time. You've heard us. Mm -hmm. I'll say something and then I'll be like, oh, sorry, Lord, I repent. That's not what I mean. This is what I mean. And I I confess what is power. Redirect it. Yeah, yeah, redirect those words to make it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are. So who leads what part of your relationship? So we could talk about um, different key things in a relationship. So it would be finances would be a key thing. Um maintaining the house um just different different areas like who leads that how does that work in um firstly dating how would that work in a marriage and what are the differences what are some things some key things that you would give to others who are dating or in a um a marriage who are struggling with um the leadership role like how how are women and how are wives supposed to be according to the bible as well so that's kind of I, I a lot of questions. Was, I was going to say, I thought this was um, a quick little podcast. We're going to have to have episode two, three, four, and five to, to answer these questions. Okay, let me think 
if I can summarize this in a way that makes sense in a sim simple to understand way. Okay, so the Lord has created spheres of influence or areas of influence. So for example, you've got the family, you've got the church, you've got husband and wife, you've got, you've got uh, the community and government. So in a, within a family, the Lord is very clear that the husband is, is the head of the, of the household. Mm -hmm. And the Bible says that we need to submit to one another, but it definitely says wife, submit to your husband. Now, within the relationship, everybody has different roles to play. So when it says husbands, you know, you need to lead your wives spiritually and it says wives submit to your husband. It doesn't mean that the husband goes around saying do this, do that, and it's a master slave role. It's not that at all. It's very much a partnership and when key decisions need to be made, which impact the family, the husband is the ultimate decision maker so as not to compromise, you know, compromise decisions. But input is received from the wife so they can have the discussion. But then, for example, when it comes to finances, like there's some relationships I know where the wife is really good at finances and she manages the finances the husband works she doesn't work but she still manages the finances because mm. she's she's good at it that's a role they choose um some families choose to you know one 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 spouse cooks more than the other because that's a choice they make now in our family um i chose to to be a stay-at-home mom even though i worked for a large corporation um, I had, you know, four kids and thought that it was better to stay at home. And that was a decision we made together. And we chose the timing and we prayed and sought the Lord, said, okay, this is how we're going to do it. And if, if I'm going to be stay at home, mom, I'm cooking and cleaning and managing the home while, you know, dad was working and, and bringing the income. So those kind of decisions you make as a couple, but that's, we'd always do a vision every year. We'd sit, toge sit together, pray, fast write down, Lord, what is our vision for this year? Every year we do that. And then we'd analyze, where are we? How are we on track? What do we need to improve? Etc. Etc. So when it comes to in the family, uh, roles are different from the authority structure, which the Lord has already put in place. And I, I don't think it's dictated. This person must do this. This person must do that. But women are the ones who bear the children and, and, and carry them and deliver them. And they are more the nurturers. And so I think the way that we design, we are designed to raise the children and teach them. It doesn't, you know, mean any that we're anything less than or or insignificant, even though our culture will say stay at home moms are, you know, do not have any status on any kind of level. Uh, that is definitely not true at all. But mm -hmm. yeah. So um, just even looking at Proverbs 31, it, it really speaks about how a woman is supposed to be. So it like, um, just one of the verses, um, it says, who can find a virtuous wife for her worth is far above rubies. So reading Proverbs 31 or looking through different parts of the scripture, what is something that um, us as, um, well, future wives or current wives are supposed to be like um 
just just in different forms like you were saying that a wife is supposed to be more nurturers or what's it nurturer (laughs) nurturer um and the husband would be um providing for the family according to the structure that we do see in a lot of biblical um or i guess you could say all of the bible um which is very consistent so what's what do you think um or how are us wives supposed to be well, Proverbs 31 is a great place to start, although she sounds like the most amazing uh, mom, wife, friend, business associate. She does a lot with her time. Uh, so if I understand your question correctly, you're saying what is the vision of a wife mm-hmm. and mother? Yes. Yeah. And I think the way to look at it is if you look throughout the Bible, the role of the mother has been very important I mean, you think of Isaac and Rebecca you think about the role Rebecca played in in Jacob's life now we can we're not going to discuss all the details of whatever deception went on but you know even even with Sarah and Abraham when they went to find a wife for Isaac you know they sent uh they sent Abimelech off to go and find Rebecca and you see the role of the wife even Sarah when she said to Abraham oh I think you know God has neglected me go and sleep with Hagar so that you can have your 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 son Ishmael but the the wife the role of the wife and the mother is is definitely not less than she's just as important as the husband there's so many clear depictions of how the Lord you know, chooses to put us together. The the husband and the wife cleave to one another. They become one as a union. It's God's ideal design for for man and wife. Um, we are so much stronger together. There's there's power in prayers. I've spoken. Mm-hmm. The, the the blessing of being a mother and carrying babies and nurturing them. I mean, the miracle of being able to have a baby and to to nurse it and to to sustain its life in that sense and and the privilege of being a mother is way beyond anything we could imagine and I mean it's just such a privilege to be a woman and so that's why it upsets me so much that society is spending so much time denigrating women and reducing the role of mother as, Mm. as something unimportant and even just a woman just to even defining what a woman is a woman is somebody who has been blessed to carry babies it's such a privilege it's such a gift a man will never experience that yeah and so it's very important for us to be a wife and mother Mm -hmm. and what do you think about those people who are thinking or saying we shouldn't have kids in this world what what are your standpoints on that just um in regards to um, oh, you shouldn't have children because, you know, the world is getting darker. You know, I'm sure you've heard this before multiple times. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I was one of those people in my teens because I wasn't a Christian. So I thought the same thing. I thought the world was so dark. This is what, 30 years ago, I thought, 35 years ago, I thought, oh, I'm definitely not having kids. This world is bad. Well, we look at the world <laughs> now and you think, well, yeah, the world is still bad. But you know what I say? The Lord gives us command commands and one of the commands is go into all the world preach the gospel but he also says be fruitful and multiply and he says uh children are a blessing from the lord and whoever has that is quiver full will be happy and mm. blessed is he who is quiver full and so children are a blessing 
that's full stop. That's not children are a blessing except when the world is dark or yeah. children are a blessing except when you don't have enough money or children are a blessing except there's, there's no exceptions. Children mm-hmm. are a blessing. They're a gift, they're heritage from the Lord. And so, you know, you might be thinking, well, look at what's happening. I'm telling you, if you keep your eyes on him, if you fast and pray, I'm not going to promise you complete and utter pain-free trouble-free existence, trial-free existence, but the Lord is with you no matter what. He says, I'm with you to the end of this age. And it's a privilege to raise godly children. And if you're not raising godly children, who's going to raise them? (laughs) Exactly. The Christians need to be having the babies. Have the babies, Christian couples. Have the babies. You need to raise those godly children. It's such a blessing. It's such a privilege. And uh, don't let the enemy lie to you that the world is too dark to have more children. That's a lie from from the pit of hell. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. <laughs> it's um, it's definitely a journey. I've heard lots of people um speak about that, but um, like you're saying, it's just good to remember. Um, it's good to remember that we just need to keep our eyes focused on God, not focus on the world around us and the things that are falling into doom um but just to keep our eyes focused on him and trust right exactly that that leads to my next question which is how do you build trust in a relationship where trust is broken so i'm not sure if you and dad have dealt with this a lot but i know um i have personally dealt with um just trying to regain regain trust um in different areas where trust may be broken because let's say um it could be someone did something else with another person or it could be um, watching things they shouldn't be watching or it could be um, they didn't tell you where they were going and they lied or it could be a little thing or a big thing. But how do you regain that trust that was broken? Mm. Well, that's a difficult question, but it's a good one. The fact is that none of us are perfect. We all make mistakes and we all have led others to believe to trust us less in in some way or another and we have to recognize that we are all broken people in one way or another Mm. but i think a few key golden rules once you're married need to be in place and it helps eliminate some of those so the one thing is for example like your dad and i we never use the word the d word in our relationship the d word is stands for you can say it divorced yeah we'll never talk about that word because what happens is we live in a day and age where commitment is so shallow and and people lack commitment so we know we made a promise we hold our word in very high regard and so we never talk about that it's not an option so i think today's generation often thinks oh well there's an easy way out so you know we can just get d and then that's you know it solves the problem but you, you need to go into the relationship into the wedding into the marriage saying we're not going to talk about it. We've chosen each other and that's it. There's no way out. Yeah. We will solve the problem. The Lord will help us. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. Then when it comes to trust issues, I think it's important to establish communication structures because everybody comes from a different background. Yep. So what might be open communication in your in your family or in your background, in your perspective, is different from what your subsequent, your spouse's family has as open communication and maybe they don't think of everything like you might want to know oh 
tell me where you are every minute of the day. And if they don't tell you, you find it's, it's distrusting. For someone else, it might be show me everything on your phone. Give me your passport, password. Allow me in. Show me your location data, right? Yeah. <laughs> Some people are very protective like that. Yeah, exactly. And so sometimes that can feel like, like I think if I had someone who would want to see my location all the time, to me that's overprotective, overbearing, and, and you know, but I don't, I, I'm in a different generation. Um, so maybe that's for some people that works and, and that's where they feel comfortable. It's not for me to project my trust issues onto others. So I think you have to, communication is, is so important. Expectation setting. So, you know, I think there's some basic expectations when you're married and when you're together, other boys, other girls shouldn't come into your relationship. Yes, I know there are friends and friendships, but keep those friends and friendships above board. It's better to be too honest than to create any level of mistrust. You have to remember as well, significantly with Christian couples, the enemy is there yeah. to steal, kill, and destroy. And mm-hmm. the last thing he wants is for Christian couples to be together because he knows the blessing. He knows the power mm-hmm. in their prayers. He knows what it is to have Christian kids come through a Christian family. He knows how the world can be impacted by amazing and mighty men and women of God who who stand together. So you've also got to be aware of what's what that roaring lion who's seeking whom he can devour mm. and not let those little, like the fox in the, in the orchard, not let those little seeds come and destroy. So that's my advice. Open communication and, and clear expectations. Yeah. Helps. Yeah. That's, um, it's, it can be very difficult to um, see where the enemy is trying to come into a relationship or see where he's trying to break you up. Because sometimes, even for me, I may think, oh, is God trying to break us up or something like that. Is this the enemy? Yeah, exactly. So it's really hard to make sure that you're you're staying focused on like, okay, is this what God wants? Is this what the enemy speaking to my ear? Because mm-hmm. the enemy also speaks in the first person. Like he'll say, oh, he's not the right one for me. Meanwhile, that's not me thinking that, but the enemy plants those seeds into your head. And mm-hmm. so it it's, it's definitely... That's a good point. You have to recognize those voices. Recognize those voices, and if it's not the right one, cast it down and pray against it. And mm-hmm. pray for protection over your relationship. You've got to pray for each other. That's probably something I should have mentioned at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So leading on to the next question, which is... Um, how do you deal with having a past in physicalness um, in different areas and how do you deal with that as a couple or um, I would assume most people would speak about this before they're married but some people might not have so how do you deal with um, talking about the physicalness that you have um, done in the past and how did you deal with it and get over it well the I can speak to this from experience because I came from I wasn't a Christian uh, before I met dad or even when I met dad, but I can speak from it from a godly perspective now that I have perspective on, from which to draw. So I, my advice to couples, and I've said this to you many times, is avoid instances where you are alone together in a, in, in a calm, quiet, peaceful space. Because again, mm. The enemy wants to come in and steal, kill, and destroy. And if he can yeah. tempt couples to engage in intimate activity or, you know, 
fornication type of activities before marriage, he will do that hugely. And and you'll see the temptation, and you may have experienced this, the temptation is greater yep, when you're I not married have. than before. Mm-hmm. And that is because he knows what that leads to. And, you know, you read the statistics of couples who are intimate before they're married or couples who live together. The statistics of divorce are, are, are way higher. Mm-hmm. But then you also think of from the other side, what a gift to be able to give your husband or wife on your wedding night the gift of I've saved myself for you I'm pure and holy for you I've saved myself that that is such a gift mm. so how to avoid firstly whenever you're feeling those feelings of you know the enemy's coming in and tempting you know you just invite Jesus in start reading the Bible or praying I'm telling you that 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 desire will fly out the window like <laughs> faster than a a bee to a honeypot. Um, so whenever you're feeling those temptations, pray or read the Bible. Just open the Bible, start reading the Bible. Instantly it'll stop because the enemy doesn't like the light. Second thing is stay away from in instances or circumstances, situations where you are, are able to cross that line. So that would mean uh, being on a couch by yourselves under a blanket watching a movie together. Yep, I, I can speak from experience. That's not a good one. No, or or in the car in a parked but in a parking lot or a drive-in. Just don't go to those places. If you're going to drive in, go with family or go with friends. You know, sometimes it's not always nice to do that because you want to have some alone time. But you can make good choices. And uh, sometimes I look back at the Victorian era or the you know the, where they used to always have a chaperone oh yes i understand why (laughs) don't you i do i do i remember you and dad always spoke about that growing Mm. up having a chaperone with you and making sure that someone's always around that's right you can't get into as much mischief don't go into each other's bedrooms just avoid bedrooms Mm -hmm. and avoid you know avoid those kind of instances because otherwise you need extremely strong willpower and when it comes to loving someone else, sure, that willpower can crumble. Definitely. Like, yeah. So just um, talking about like past physicalnesses with um, other people's other. Not oh, you people's, mean the history? Yeah, like the history. Um, how do you deal with that in um, in a relationship? Yeah, actually, you just, just asked me that going part back of the to question. the original. Yeah. 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 So I would also say that this again comes down to forgiveness, right? Yeah, being quick to forgive. Well, yeah, it's not always easy because that is why avoid the whole thing from the beginning by staying clean and pure and abstaining from any sexual interaction helps you a huge amount in the in the past because you can never change it. You can never go back. It's not something no. you can take back. Mm-hmm. You've sinned against yourself. You've sinned against God and you've potentially sinned against your, your future spouse. So the first part is avoid as much as possible. But if... Because we've all sinned. If there are past relationships, there are past sexual sins, there is fornication involved, you've been intimate with others or you've done things that are inappropriate with other boys, you, you, th- there needs to be a, a time of deliverance and healing. Uh, yeah. And that doesn't happen That doesn't happen unless you are purposeful. So I would seek out godly men and women who can pray and help you deal with those, those sexual sins because... There can be trauma involved mm-hmm. when it comes to past sexual sins. There can be, um, what do you call it, salt eyes. And covenants and things. And covenants and vows. And yeah. there's a reason why the Lord always speaks about f- sexual 
fornication or sexual sins come against the individual because those spiritual ties can in- introduce trauma. I mean, if you think even pornog- pornography is a damaging, brutally addictive, satanic ploy to destroy relationships. Mm-hmm. And anything else is a lie. And so even the trauma of pornography for the individual who has become addicted to it, because the enemy will like to introduce that to young men and even women from a young age, the trauma that's involved there, plus the person who's in a relationship with the person who had has a, an addiction or had an addiction, there's that feeling of betrayal. Yeah. And the only way you can deal with that is through specific, specific prayers of deliverance and healing. Only the Lord can heal that. So... I think that you have to be honest with one another about what's going on. Mm. You need accountability. People who can hold you accountable, who can check in every week and say, hey, uh, what's going on with you and your partner in this area? Yeah. Um, then when you feel like someone's checking in, you're more likely to stay stay true. Mm-hmm. And the third thing is if there is a lot of past sexual trauma that needs dealing with, you need to find people who can pray powerfully in the spirit and deal with the deliverance and healing and recovery of 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 those traumas in that essence and cut it all off and break it because especially with sexual interaction the soul ties are part of the lord says that the two shall become one so i i don't I, we don't have time to go into it but there's a ton of connection that connections that are made between a male and a female when they have sex and that those ties can be dragged on into future because it's it's like think of a pipe going into you or not you going into the person who's had sex and going out into the other person there's this there's this these two tubes which are interacting all the time so everything Mm. that's happening is a link needs to be broken Mm -hmm. so how do you recommend um people break it like if they don't have a mentor they don't have anyone to um help them through that how should they be able to go about that and being delivered from all of that how could they do it if they don't know anyone well firstly i would trust that i I would think the people would know the lord and they say lord help me to find someone who can pray for me that's the first thing Mm. if they can't they need to i would say fast i I would fast for 24 to 36 hours Mm -hmm. at least and then I would pray and say, Lord, Holy Spirit, please help me to be rid of this. I would then sit and sit and think of all the people that I had had uh, people who have I've been sexually into you know sexually mm-hmm. uh, physical with yeah physical something. with in any way. Yep. And I would say this over myself. I'd say I cut ungodly soul ties with this person and I would say their name and I would call them out use my hand and say I cut ungodly soul ties I'd ask the Lord to forgive me and and say I repent of these sins Lord forgive me for my sexual past forgive me deliver me of all sexual trauma any past Mm. and it's including those who may be addicted to pornography it's the same thing it says I break this addiction after you fasted I break this addiction right now in the name of Jesus and I cut all ties and break, you know, if there has been sexual trauma, like, you know, aggressive like rape or incest or anything that's brutal, mm. keep praying, keep praying until you feel the Lord has healed you. He can do it. He can do it. Yes, amen. Mm-hmm. So could you just pray for the people that are listening to this 
um, with whatever they're going through that has, um, they've had past like sexual sins, could you just pray for everyone listening to this that they'd be able to be delivered from that? Yes, let's pray together right now. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time that Shaila and I have had to, to speak about things that are so important and close to your heart, Lord. I know that you value marriage and relationships. And so I just pray for all those people listening, Lord, that are eagerly seeking to please you and that desire to have godly relationships. I pray, Lord, that you would send the right spouses across their paths, Lord, that you would remove those who are not meant to be in their lives and bring into their lives those who who you would desire to be a godly spouse for them. And I pray that the words and the seeds that we have spoken, Lord, what is true is planted into their hearts and they listen to it. And for those who have suffered past abuse or sexual trauma or have have committed sexual sins, Lord, I know that you are powerful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness if we just confess our sins. So, Lord, right now, um, I know those people, let them confess their sins. Repeat after me, say, Father, forgive me for any sexual sins I have committed. I repent for being disobedient. I repent for being prideful. I repent for my lust. Wash me clean by the blood of your Son. Make me pure and white, Lord, and help me to start anew. And I just remind all of them to cut ungodly soul ties by naming each person that they've had a sexual interaction with. And then, you know, some of you might be sitting here thinking, oh, what about this? What about, I'm talking about anything that's inappropriate. Anything that's inappropriate. Just confess and repent your sins. And Lord, we thank you that as they confess and repent, that you wash them clean. Mm -hmm. And they are made holy. And Holy Spirit, I know that you are there for them to help them through this process so they can start clean, fresh, and new. Now praise you, Lord. Thank you for your precious son who's given us the opportunity to be able to have this this blessing of starting clean and that our sins are washed away, Lord, and that only the enemy is the one who reminds us of them. They are past, gone, and dealt with, and we do not walk in guilt, Lord, because you've set us free. Mm-hmm. Thank you for Shiloh and her podcast, Lord, and I just pray a blessing over it right now and bless you and all that you are doing for it. Pray this in the mighty name of your son, Yeshua. Amen. Amen and amen. Wow, thank you so much, Mom, for being on this podcast. It was an honor to have you here um, and just to be able to speak to you about all these different things. Um, so thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. I'm so happy we uh, we had this time together. It was such an unexpected treat. And I pray that, that all of you will be blessed. Mm-hmm. By whatever we spoke about. I know I even learned some things just speaking on this podcast. So I'm sure everyone can grab a few nuggets or a few key things to just um, keep in mind when in a relationship or when looking for one. Um, but one thing is when you were praying, I felt like um, for those who don't, um, who didn't feel clean um, until they prayed, I feel like you should listen to the song called Clean by, is it Amy Grant? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's called Clean by Amy Grant. I'll put that in the description. Um, just listen to that song because it has such power in it. And just knowing that you are clean and you're washed 
by the blood of Jesus. There's nothing that you could do. There's, um, there's honestly, like you could have slept with a hundred people, but God will forgive you for all of that. But just remember when you ask for forgiveness, you need to make sure that you are removing yourself from those situations and those things that are, um, keeping you held in sin. So, um, just, yeah, don't, repent means to turn away from your sins. When you repent of these things, um, it says that the Lord is righteous and just to forgive us in all of all unrighteousness. So just remember, he is forgiven you, but don't, don't keep doing those things. Try your best not to. And if you fall back in again, just pray and ask God to help you and guide you and to just, um, just cleanse you again, but just, just lean on him because you cannot do it on your own own strength amen so. preach it girl <laughs> well thank you again mom for being on this podcast um thank you everyone for listening if you have any questions or um things that you want topics you want to be spoken about feel free to email me um, my email is in the description below so thank you again and um it was great doing this podcast with you thank you charlotte god bless everyone all right bye for now